Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Penguins weren't about to beat Tuka Rask. There are times when you see an experienced and excellent goaltender on the rink early in the game first five minutes and you see the poise that they're showing you see the fluidity with which they're moving the way they're covering their angles the way they're controlling their rebounds and you just know you just know you just know that they're going to win good morning to you good wednesday morning i'm dan kovacevic of dk pittsburgh sports this is daily shot of penguins comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into Football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. The Penguins lost to the Bruins last night at PPG Paints Arena by a 3-1 count. I was there. I was observing Rask from the press box. And I was paying maybe a little bit more attention to him early on than I normally would to the opponent's goaltender, principally because he'd been out a lot lately, and I wasn't sure how he was going to look. Man, I was sure in a big hurry. And he made, in those opening six, seven minutes, two or three just outstanding saves, including on deflections and he's Staying up, his shoulders were up, even though he's rock'em sock'em roboting out with the, the the leg pads. He was he was just terrific. So after the game, I don't know whether this was the result of Mike Sullivan saying something to the players in the locker room afterward or whatever, but the Penguins seem most inclined to blame themselves for not getting pucks past Rask, and. I, I kind of felt like I'd heard enough of that by the time I got to Brian Rust. Rusty, be, being real here, you're facing a, a goaltender who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. And when he's on his game the way he was tonight, does that affect you uh, as a hockey team? Are you trying to pick corners or – you know what I mean? Because he was very clearly from the first period you could see he was on. No, I think you just got to try and make uh, life a little bit more difficult for him. You got to try and get some ugly goals, whether it goes off a shin pad or you, or you get a rebound or or uh, or things like that. I think um, I think we can uh, do a better job of that. But obviously, yeah, got to give him credit. He played well, but we definitely could have done a better job. I mean, okay, sure. I mean, the Penguins could have done better in setting screens. The Penguins could have done better in, in getting in front. They didn't have rebound chances. I'm not sure the Penguins were as much at fault for that as it was to the Bruins' credit, all of them, not just Rask, and ensuring that there weren't second chances. But, you know, again, like, think about this. Do you remember the, the power play 
sequence where Chris Letang passed over to his left to Jared McCann, and McCann skates in like wide open. And he just blisters it. And there was nothing. There was nothing. There wasn't a rebound. There wasn't anything to be had. Jeff Carter, point blank. Remember that one? Skating out from the left boards, chasing Jason Zucker out. Puck comes loose, and he whips it. And you're thinking, goal, absolutely goal. And then the puck just disappeared. It was gone. It wasn't sitting around for someone to hammer home, it were to drive to the net and wreak havoc. It just was gone. He ate it. <laughs> this happens. This happens. Hot goaltending happens. So if you want to look at one game that the Penguins lost to the Bruins, or even if you want to go over the the span of this whole regular season and see the consistent problems the Penguins have had scoring against the Bruins, go right ahead. But this is what the playoffs look like. That was my main takeaway from these two games, both the Penguins' one nothing victory and this loss, is that this is what the playoffs look like. And to me, the Penguins are mostly set to do well in this kind of scenario. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is just 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. You get DVR. There's no such thing as installation. No contracts, cancel anytime. You get all the same channels as cable, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And our listeners of this podcast get a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com slash DK. One more time, that's FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. Everyone on our staff has this and loves it, by the way if that's a, a meaningful endorsement for you. This, this kind of a loss to this team and to this goaltender are going to bring back visions of the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm betting that was the case for a lot of you in watching this. Oh, no, have to avoid the Bruins. They, You know, this looked so much like that, and... Remember, that team was supposed to be the one that just steamrolled its way to the final. The Jerome Ginla team. And then they ran into the Bruins, who boxed out like maniacs. That was like Zdeno Chara in his prime. And they wouldn't even let you into the slot area. Like the Penguins didn't even come within the solar system of Tuka Rask. He didn't even have to make saves. So spare the comparisons here. They at least forced him to make saves, and he did. He was really good. There is not a team in the East, a collective group, that I would fear if I'm the Penguins. But there are always hot goaltenders that you fear. In a best-of-seven the other team's goalie gets hot, you've got a really good chance of losing. It doesn't matter. The rest of the dynamics aren't in play here. 
That's just how it is. I could argue that that's how it was last summer in the bubble when the Penguins ran into Carey Price at his best. Yeah, Montreal had a lot of other good things going for them. But chief among them was Price. He looked, once again, like the best goaltender in the world. He hasn't since, and he didn't really before, but he sure did in that series. And you heard a lot of the same stuff. Not enough screens, not enough tips, not enough whatever. But goalies get hot. If you go back to the beginning of this season, and the outlook for the East Division, that a lot of people had it was either going to be Boston or the New York Islanders who were going to be up there kind of one and two. And those two teams, they have not a ton in common, but they have enough in common, and they're both very sound defensively. But for me, the separator for the Bruins always was that they had the best goaltending tandem in the division in Rask and Yaroslav Halak when he's healthy. Those two are head and shoulders above anybody else. When Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith had their seven-week run atop the NHL in the middle of this season, it was a lot of fun. But you didn't have anybody talking around the league about how, oh, Pittsburgh's got the best goaltending tandem around. No one thought that. No one thought, no one really should have thought that without being rude. The two guys in Boston have been doing it for a really long time. And they don't show significant signs of aging. Uh, Halak hasn't been great this season, and Rask has had some of his own issues. But when you see Rask playing the way he did last night, you know, again, I don't want to say you're avoiding a team or whatever, but you want to you want to avoid the hot goaltender who can beat you. This guy can do that, but he can do that to anybody. When we come back, just one question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's always brought to you on this program by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. 
where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. And they need your help in turn. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 is all it takes to produce five meals for those in need. $1 equals five meals. pittsburghfoodbank.org. Spell that out. Today's question comes from Jay Roberts, who asks, what is it about the Bruins seemingly always scoring against Sid's line? Uh, They were minus three. Or the Bruins, Sid's kryptonite, especially the B's top line. Well, why are they going head-to-head? I mean, I don't want to get repetitive as a matter of course in doing these podcasts. And I, I did a whole show about this. Monday morning show uh, after the Penguins won and Sid's line scored the only goal. And I laid out all kinds of reasons why I thought it was a bad idea, bad matchup, gave numbers to support it. And and (laughs) for the most part, got a pretty negative reaction from people. I I guess I, I understand that because, you know, the team won. And, and no one likes to have anybody rain on any parade. But I thought it was a perfect time to bring that up because it wouldn't sound like I was scapegoating. The matchup didn't work. The matchup doesn't work. Here, you want, you, you want to get away from talking about this game or that game or this goal or that goal? Listen to this. Listen to this. This is for the duration of... Of all of the Pittsburgh-Boston meetings to date this year, this is Sidney Crosby versus Patrice Bergeron. Five-on-five ice time, 59 minutes and seven seconds, pretty much as if the two of them were to face each other for an entire game without ever changing. (laughs) You ready? Bergeron has won 69 out of 106 face-off. That's 65% of his draws, and it wasn't that close last night. The Bruins have generated 68.5% of the shot attempts whenever those two lines were out there head-to-head. The Bruins, 63. The Penguins, 29. Crazy. Actual shots on goal. Bruins, 44. Penguins 17. Actual goals. Bruins 4. Penguins 0. What is the point here? What is the objective? To show that you could put Sid against arguably the top line in all of hockey and make it all the way through the regular season without them scoring 5-on-5 once? And no, the goal on Sunday did not come with Bergeron on the ice. It came after a Boston icing in which the Bruins' fourth line was trapped out there. That's what you actually want. The idea that you're, you're having Sid try to check these guys is, I guess it's noble if you want to make him a Selkie Trophy nominee or something like that. But I don't see what other purpose there is to it. You have people on your roster who are checkers. 
You have Teddy Bluger and Zach Aston Reese. Put those guys out there against him. Why? So that Sid and Jake Gensel and Brian Rust can actually go on the attack and solve the impenetrable goaltender at the other end. Never, I, I'm telling you, anybody who's a regular listener to this show knows that I do not make a habit of second-guessing Sullivan, nor do I make a habit, for that matter, of criticizing without questioning, which is why I asked Sullivan the question pointedly on Sunday. Why does he prefer this matchup? And he gave uh, an impassioned and informative answer that, if it's boiled down, basically came down to, I, I trust Sid. I trust Sid in any matchup against anybody. Okay, great, but the objective is to win the game. And the best way to win the game, in my eyes anyway, against a team that's that defensive and is starting that caliber of goaltending, is to make sure that your scorers are scoring, or at least give them the best opportunity, the best matchups, especially on home ice when you have the last chance. I don't get this one. I'm sorry. I, it just... it. It's completely illogical to me, and I really, really hope that between now and the playoffs, whether it's against Boston or anybody else, that Sullivan disabuses himself of this bizarre notion. Anyway, thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll have another Daily Shot of Penguins tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.